Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Athlete's Journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed. Today I have a special guest, somebody I've been known for a real long time, part of the UCLA family. Um, He's a little bit younger than me, but like I said, we both uh, older heads in a way, but he's just a younger old head. Um, loved, always loved his game, always loved watching him at UCLA, uh, watched his career even after UCLA, you know, from NBA to overseas to, you know, to D-League then. It wasn't <laughs> Uh, you know, had a long, luxurious career, and now he's doing a lot of different things outside of basketball with basketball and his career after. So, like I said, I've always loved watching his game. And uh, please introduce yourself <laughs> to the people. Hey, how you doing? My name is TJ Cummings, uh, also alumni with uh, my guy here, Travis. <laughs> we went to UCLA together. Well, not at the same time, but, you know, we shared different times in, uh, in the generations of, of UCLA. Yep, yep, um, yep. I played 12 years pro um, in the in the United States as well as overseas, from the D-League to vet camp with the Bucks uh, to playing in Korea, Japan, China, Puerto Rico, Thailand, Taiwan, Belgium, I mean, pretty much you name it, I was there. <laughs> that's how it is. Like, people don't realize that's how it is. When you hooping, you just, hey, the next spot, the next spot. So you be just hooping here, there, here, there, everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So, and if you ever get overlap, sometimes you get overlap. You know, he was in Belgium. I was in Holland. So, like, you know, that's like the neighboring countries. Oh, um, yeah, you know about that. Yeah, I know about Holland. Out there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I was in Amsterdam, you know, couple years in another city in Groningen, you know, a couple years. So, yeah, I, I know about Belgium. We went there a lot. So Yeah, I was actually out in uh, Maastricht, too, as well, because when I was in Belgium, we we flew up, we uh, drove out to Maastricht. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Holland as well. And then yeah. um, we went to France as well. Went out oh, yeah, yeah. And Germany, Cologne. All them, all them places is like all in that one section, you know, Holland, Germany, France, Belgium. Um, we, you know, we had to do the Ulip Cup when I was in Holland. So we, we played in, like, we played Ostrata. I can't even think of the name. Shallow was the best team. Then the, the, this team was the second best team. They had Jason Gardner from Arizona. He was like one of their players, oh. American. Yeah, yeah. And they had, uh, and they had another American. I just, no, uh, what was the dude that Kobe did the 360? Uh, 360 dunk behind the back. Victor is it? I can't believe whatever they do. Remember the Kobe did the 360 behind the back. Uh, you know. Oh, like when he like uh, kind of like uh, it was a dunk. Did he fall too or something at the end? Yeah, like I don't know if he yeah, fell, but he yeah, jumped. But Kobe went behind the back, you know, and then like 360 did. And the funny thing was like he was out of the league the next year. He was overseas that next year. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, like that, you're out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was overseas the next year. I just remember him like, oh yeah, that's the dude Kobe did the 360 dunk on. Yeah, so, that's that's tough, man. You know, they, like people don't really understand how cutthroat um professional, you know, basketball is. I mean, if you think it's it's cut it's cutthroat just going to make a high school team mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. making a 
Yeah, so yeah, trust me, I feel you on that. Um, you know, like just being all over, and like I said, the cutthroat situation. Look, I've been in my first year overseas, they told me I was on a tryout in France. I get there, there's another American already on a tryout. And so <laughs> I had to go against him every day before we even got to practice, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to get to the, you know what I'm saying, the game so we could try out together against each other. Now, I never rooted against him, but if he missed a <laughs> shot or a layup, I'd be like, oh, my bad. Oh, but I'm smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, when I first came out of UCLA, I went to a, a training camp like for or uh, for Chicago, for China over in Oregon. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally they had us out in the middle of nowhere. Like you could it was like on a trail off off the road. You know what I mean? You hear all kind of animals and stuff out there, but we ended up uh, doing a whole combine out there. I ended up going to, to China, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. got picked as one of the top players to go there. And I just remember, like, while I was there, you know, we had a couple, you know, exhibition games, but then I remember they brought a guy in to try out against me. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> there. And I had all kind of mixed feelings because, you know, I'm just coming out of college, you know what I'm saying? I'm still like, you know, I know who I am as a player, all this type of stuff. Like, why are you bringing this guy in here? All this type of stuff. And, uh, you know, I just really got to that point where I was like, no, I got to go out here and give him the work. You know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I went out there, I did my thing against them. It was like a one-on-one that they had us doing. But, uh, it was like, we already knew he was in town. You know, I found <laughs> out, you know, from the, the whispers and stuff from the team and stuff. But I finally saw him. I'm like, okay, this is the dude they're trying to replace me with. And mm-hmm. I went out there and did my thing. But, uh, you know, that happens a lot, man, as far as overseas stuff. I've had, like, when I was in Japan one time, I had, uh, you know, because the teams, will get, they'll get finicky. You know, mm-hmm, they have sponsors, mm-hmm. they got all this money and stuff. And if if, so if your team is losing, it doesn't matter if you you score on 20 points. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't try, they're not going to try to replace, you know, the people that live there. They're going to try to replace the, the foreigners to make it look like it's our fault, most, for the most oh, part. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes, bro. Like, it's always that's not your for fault. everybody. That's not everybody. You know, I think I would say there's different organizations. That's yeah, just something that yeah. I came across. Always, man. Like I always, it was always your fault when you win or lose. Uh, in any country I played in, you know, like if the team was winning, it was the team. If you know, like the homegrown players that they have, the national team guys, you know, uh, if you were losing, it was the Americans' fault. Like our Americans ain't that good. Yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? I remember my first year, I was in Holland, and Billy just got released from France, and he took the train down to stay with me, you know? And the American on the team that we had, his, I want to say his auntie passed or something. Like, uh, you know, some family member passed away, and he just left and didn't come back. Because I was Mm -hmm. like, I said that, like, I told the coach, I was like, look, if this guy goes home <laughs> and it's only like three months left in the season, he ain't coming back, coach. He's oh yeah, no, yeah. no, Travis, it'll be okay. I'm like, coach, nigga ain't coming back. <laughs> you know him a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I like nigga ain't coming back. It was like maybe maybe two months left. It was like two months left. I was like, nigga, coach. So that was probably devastating for him. Yeah, yeah. Time. He was like, I mean, plus the situation, whatever, but he was so coach, he ain't coming back. Nigga ain't coming back. So and you, um, we're talking. You're talking about Billy Knight, right? Yeah, Billy. Billy had just got released in France, and then 
like I said, the American had something happen. I told so he the coach is looking for another American, like for the stretch run, like the last eight games of the season and then the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Coach, I got a guy that's stay in my place. American, you know, that you don't have to pay for no ticket, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, the funny thing is that week we had like, he must have scheduled like three or four scrimmage games. Um, and Billy just killed, you know, he killed in every right. game, had like 25, you know, do what Billy do, hitting them left handed knocking, knocking them threes down, doing a little, little eighth grade dunk with the two handies to do, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> And he made it, like I said, and we uh we went to the semifinals of the of the uh of the Holland League and stuff like that that year, you know. I ended up staying and going to a different team. And then he went on to Sweden and all those other places. But like it was crazy because like they just when we lost, I remember we lost, uh we lost like uh game one in the in the Holland playoffs, and there is the best of three, the first round. And he was going to release Billy in the playoffs. I'm like, Coach, we, we need him. What, what are you talking about? We just lost, you know. Yeah, but we need him for the next game. He was like, ah, because he, he had a bad game. He was like five for 20 or something. And he was going to just release him. I was like, man, if you release him, I'm quitting because I ain't, <laughs> we ain't, we ain't going to win. We need him. And so we obviously the next game, he ends up scoring 30. We win, and then we win the next game, and then we go to the semifinals, obviously, and lose, but to the champion, the eventual champion. But I remember, like, man, they were just blaming him. Every time we lost, we just, you know, the Americans, we, our Americans isn't good. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah. But enough of that. We'll get into that. Um, now, my question for you, T, is uh, how did your basketball journey start? Uh, well, you know, just being with my dad, you know, growing up in, you know, around basketball, literally mm-hmm. when I was born, I literally was involved. I was uh, thrust into the game of basketball. You know, I, I, I grew up watching my dad play. I, it really didn't even start making sense to me probably until I was around six or seven, you know, and, you know, Michael Jordan would come to the house sometimes. You know, he came out to the, the Victory in Christ camp. That's something that my dad used to run at this uh, high school called Carver High School. And so uh, what we would do is just, you know, I, I would be around basketball and basketball players my whole life. You know, Tim Hardaway, David Robinson, uh, Sean Elliott, you know, all the guys from, from Milwaukee Bucks. That's the guys that I remember from them and then to San Antonio. And then after that, my mom and dad got divorced. But, like, around that time, I was probably uh, about 12 years old. But I started to get into ba- get involved in basketball because I was really good at uh, football, really good at baseball. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. I had a, a six, uh, seven-inch growing, uh, seven growing spurt. In That's one crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like literally I was, eating, I was eating tons of food. I was eating, like, two, three burgers a day, you know, after we got done working out. And then I'd come back home, and then I'd just lay it down. And I'd just – every day it seemed like the doorway was getting closer and closer to my head. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know what, basketball is what it is. You know, my dad played it, and I had a lot of, you know, coaching. So I was just like, yeah, let me go ahead and do it. So then that's when I, uh, 
you know, I, I started going uh, playing basketball at a, a place called La Jolla High School, uh, La Jolla Middle School. It's called Muralins Middle School mm-hmm. uh, out in San Diego. And that's when I started playing. And I started playing with a guy named uh, Ali Golston. He was like a real, real big time coach uh, at that time in the AAU. And that was the guy that pretty much showed me discipline. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. we used to, I remember when we used to go to the gym, we get in this little, little hot sweat box gym. <laughs> and we'll be doing at the end of the at the end of practice. And then it's like if anything happened, we're sprinting for it. You know, I'm talking about we're doing suicides every time. And if you didn't make it, you had to get back on the line. You already know that type of energy when you first get introduced to that. And then it's like, man, yeah. you feel like you can never make it. So, Hell you yeah. know, after that, like I after I started learning from that, then you know, I played uh middle school out there, then I played high school one year at mm-hmm. La Jolla High School and it just mm-hmm. wasn't you know, it wasn't giving me the opportunities that I felt like I needed and to be able to grow as a basketball player. So my mother, she moved us back to Chicago. Um, so that's why I ended up going to home with uh, Flossmore High School. Mm. And, uh, I got there, man. I had, you know, uh, newspaper articles and everything. As soon as I got there, I just had to go ahead and make my way on the team. And then that's where I became, uh, I went there, I played as a, I went to the USA team, won a gold medal in Russia. Um, and uh, some of the people on my team, Darius uh, Miles, Zach Randolph, Kirk Heinrich. So we had a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that, you know, I was top, top 100 in the, in the United States. And I ended up picking between Duke and UCLA. That's when mm-hmm. I ended up going to UCLA. And, okay. Uh, there, I did music videos. Uh, <laughs> if people don't remember, he was in the Missy Elliott video. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was. I definitely dabbled into a lot of different things that were in the environment of mm-hmm. LA. Uh, I got that opportunity to be able to do a, a Missy Elliott video in my sophomore year. But uh, when I first got there, I, I broke the most points scored by a freshman in their first game uh, against Drew Gooden at uh, the Madison Square Garden. So that was uh that was the beginning of my career at UCLA. Mm. Well, I can tell you this: you've had a, you had a, a great career, um, and like I said, you kind of went over things. I was my second question: Were you interested in other sports? But obviously, you played football and baseball until you had your seven inch growth spurt. And I guess the funny thing is, uh, you went from from Cali to back to Chicago, then back to Cali. Um, and that's a heck of a thing. So obviously, you, you know, you win the gold medal on the USA team. You're one of the top 50 players in the country, uh, coming out. Uh, what was you, would you, what would you say, uh, you know, well, we'll ask this question first, uh, because I, I get a lot of people talking about it because AAU was so different when we came up, uh, to what it is now. Uh, in your situation, how was your AU experience uh, like for yourself? It was great, uh, especially uh, when I got to the high school. It was very competitive. Um, I mean, we're talking about like on my team, I was with the Illinois Warriors. Mm-hmm. So I was playing for uh, Larry Butler. And um, on our team, we had Darius Miles, D-Wade, you know what I mean? Uh, Matt Lottick, you know, the guy who was over there at Stanford at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a mean team. I mean, we took it all the way to the nationals and everything. But I mean, when you're talking about 
not only our our team alone, but like we were real cool. We were real cool with like Zebo and Zach Randolph, all these different guys. But I mean, you name it, we're running into all the top names. And you know, at, at that time, it was like it was like a fraternity of basketball. All of the people that you saw any you know any day, any night, you're gonna see these people like for the rest of your life, even when you're in college, even when you're in the pros. So. You know, I felt like it was uh it was very competitive and it was it put you on the map. These days, I can't really speak for it all the way because I haven't been involved in it the same way. But I have noticed that there's a lot of it where it's, people are really paying to uh get the opportunity. As guys that most of them, there's a lot of guys that I don't even know if they're paying like that. But you know, when we were coming up, it was like you had to be that guy. You had to make that team. You weren't, pay, you weren't paying your way out, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, no I, look, I agree with you 100%. Like, I, I always felt like, and I tell people all this all the time, like, the people back when we played, you earned that name. Like, T.J. Cummins earned that name that he had to be the top-tier player. You know, the guys, it wasn't just like a couple YouTube highlights, you know, or ball is life highlights, and all of a sudden he's – this, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I guess that for me, like, just the AU thing is, mm, you know, where you just kind of just pay the top players all play on the same team. They fly in and fly out, you know. Yeah. That's why I feel like a lot of these young dudes are getting hurt so much because they've basically been professionals since they were, like, 14 years old, flying in Florida, coming playing this, going out, flying to Tech. Like, what happened to – you know, sometimes playing AAU, obviously, but sometimes playing with your high school team and something, you know? Yeah, and that, that, was, that was a big split, you know, like, and that's yeah. I think um, I've, I've worked with uh, high school teams as well, and that's one of the biggest issues uh, that we didn't really have because yeah. we knew, you know, our high school coach would talk to our AAU coach and be like, all right, what's the schedule? Yeah, that makes sense. It makes well, a lot I mean, of I sense. I need him. He has to be able to fit into the structure of the team during the season. But I do understand he needs this exposure. So we had to find a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I see a lot of guys where it's like they'll put their AU over their basketball. It's like, well, what are you going to do when the season comes around? <laughs> you think you think coach is going to be feeling so good about you? You know, they don't care about what you did during the summertime. Sometimes they might have enough pressure on them that they have to play. But for the most part, it puts a bad taste in the coach's mouth, you know. Oh, definitely, definitely. Look, I've seen dudes – Nowadays, they sit out, like, you know, not the whole season of high school, but they they might play every third game or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's they might sit out more games of high school than they do the AAU teams. So, yeah, it's like I said, I just want to get your perspective on that. Now, we just talked about it, you know, as far as uh, your high school, you know, everything that you experienced in high school. What was your most memorable moment in high school? Oh, shoot. Winning that gold medal, man. I mean, uh, the biggest thing was, you know, when I went over to Russia. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, we had to go and train at the Olympic training t- the Olympic training camp um, center over in uh, Colorado, and this is like I've never experienced altitude like that. Mm-hmm. That was we got in shape. They taught us, you know, taught us everything we need to know. Gave us a book on how to, you know, speak Russian and stuff like that. And then they took us and they put us in this. It was like a compound. But it was like like a whole bunch of different uh, uh, like complexes all surrounding each other, and then they mm-hmm. had a McDonald's. 
And one thing they told us was like, hey, man, you know, do not drink the water here because the enzymes and stuff like that. So if you ate some grapes or some fruit or something, you'll be that you'll be on the toilet. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Wow. OK. Your teeth with, with a bottle of water. You know, when you're in the shower, you got your mouth, mouth closed like that. So it don't get in there. It was it was different. But just getting out there and playing against these different teams and, and you know, clashing with all these different cultures, you know, um, you know, we actually had a problem between USA against uh, Croatia at the time. And, uh, you know, they, they dropped the in they dropped the in bomb. You know, as one of our players, you know, Darius and all these other guys that were walking past. And they come back to the room. They're like, hey, man, we're about to go over there. And I'm like, dude, we ain't out here for that, bro. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Here, you know, and I feel them. You know what I mean? They, they like, hey, they need to learn a lesson today. I was like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not out here for that. I'm not coming out here to fight against nobody while we're ambassadors to our country, you know? Long story short, some guys went over there, and they, they went over there, and they, they really beat the brakes off of these guys. You know what I'm saying? Guys will go to the hospital, all this type of stuff. But um, they ended up getting uh, suspended for a certain amount of games during the, uh, the whole World Games. And so me and, like, I want to say about five other guys, we had to play all the games, you know, until it got to that point. So just from all of that, you know what I'm saying, having to persevere through all these different things, beating uh, South Africa by 112 points, I mean, and then getting down to the to the game against Russia, and these guys look like grown men. You know what I'm <laughs> Dude, we all we all still kind of skinny and stuff, you know, Zebo and you know guys like that. They was they was big, but it's like, you know, you get down and you see these guys. They got hair on their shoulders. They all big, <laughs> like they over here yanking oxes around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, and we we ended up winning that, you know, and getting the gold medal and. You know, having that whole experience, like I was just on cloud nine, cloud nine. Then I come back to high school, and it's like I just it just reignited. Me. So that was my biggest uh, high school experience between that and a uh, Nike camp and uh, NBA Players Association camp. Those were things that changed my life. I got you. So, uh, what do you remember? Or two things. Uh, what do you remember about your first year? In college, what was like the hardest thing that you uh, had to deal with your, you know, your first year in college? Well, first it was like, man, where do I have any time, any personal time? You know, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You know, wake up, be like six o'clock in the morning. We got to go to class. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. do the first classes, then you got that that morning workout. You know, then you you might go over and and do like a. You have to go in and do those different, you know, the different kinds of classes that you had to do. They had the the uh, sections where you go in there with the, t- the teachers and you had to do, I can't remember what they called them right now. Off the top of the we had to go through those classes. Then we go over there and do the, the weights. Then we go over there and we had the, the evening practice. Then we had to go to t- tutoring and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 8, 39 o'clock at night. And then you got to do the same exact thing tomorrow. So, like, if you stay up late, you're gonna pay for that tomorrow. So it was like mm-hmm. getting getting under having a stronger understanding of the scheduling and then at the same time having to learn uh, a whole new offense, be you know, uh have good chemistry with the teammates and all that type of stuff. It was just it just hit me like boom. <laughs> Trust me. I understand that one, you know what I'm saying? Like I felt like we were seven to seven, you know. 
Uh, it's the same. Like, <clears throat> you had to go to school from, you know, eight to one. You eat a, l- a quick lunch. You then got to lift weights from like one, you know, one thirty to two thirty. Practice from three to six thirty. Food, study hall. And like you said, it'd be eight o'clock, nine o'clock. You exhausted. You just come home and just, oh, okay. In this little old twin bed, you know what I'm saying that we had. And so, yeah. Oh man, you know about that. Were you in Saxon Suites? No, we was in Saxon. Yeah, we was in Saxon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so you know about the man, we stole the mattress. Right there at the end of the, of the bed where you be over there trying to stick your feet through. <laughs> <laughs> well, me, well, what me and Billy did, we stole somebody else's mattress out of another room when we first got there. So we elevated the mattress. So our feet would just go over the mattress instead of trying to stick it through the thing. <laughs> That's why he's like, man, that's what we got to do, man. Yeah, he's like, man, that's what you got to do, man. Just put an extra mattress in. You get elevated and stick your feet on. Like, man, yeah, I guess you're right. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, but um, okay. That's that's actually a really sad story, too, as well. You know, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, that's something that I really realized. I think all of us dealt with it. Um, mm-hmm. I think even if guys played in the NBA, you know, as soon as that ball stops dribbling, it's it's hard to walk around every day and, and live like a different life just like that, you know. And um, you, you, you know, you, you, it, it you definitely can't. affects the mental health. You um, cannot you know? do, yeah. That? I said you can't. Like I said, nobody. I feel like nobody can just be like you know, like especially like obviously we were blessed to play at high levels, you know. Uh, overseas, you know, if you get paid professional in any league, but you actually, you know, play in the high level overseas, NBA, all that stuff, G League. And so, like, man, like, when you retire, you're just trying to, like, I don't even know what, you know, what I am or what I'm doing in my life. And obviously, at that time, I had a three-year-old son. I was like, I got to feed him. So, I got to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? So, it was just a situation where I didn't, I, you know, like, you just don't know. And everybody struggles with it. You know what I'm saying? I just that's how I feel about I it. I mean, I mean, shoot, I'm pretty sure Michael Jordan even. I mean, everybody. If you know that, you, yeah, like you notice know, what happened. Mike, Mike couldn't take it. Yeah, Mike couldn't take it because he so he had to come back at 40 years old to play in the NBA and yeah, watch the Wizards because he's like, man, I am bored. I don't know what to do. Yeah, and that's that's just really what it is. It's like, and that's the difference between growing old or dying young. I mean. If you if you just especially as uh, us as athletes, we have to you know we have to still stay active to an extent. I mean, it's not meaning that we have to run full court games, but like still staying in shape. You know, keep making your making sure your your health is all all together. Your mental health is very important. That's something that uh, everybody's starting to understand a lot more uh, because I think you know the way that media has uh, changed different things and then the stuff that you know these group of kids have had to go through with the covid and you know the cyber stuff and you know we 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 had to we had to be a lot more resilient but i think you know that that post basketball post sports and trying to figure out where you're going from that point that affects everybody mhm mhm and that's why i came up with rise to succeed um, the business that I, I started, um, I'm CEO and lead mentor for that. Um, you know, I understand that. And I, I was like, man, I remember when I was playing ball overseas and, and, in, in the, uh, you know, playing D league and stuff like that. The whole time I was like, man, I need to get a business started. Like, 
mm. ended up went going through and had three different businesses. They didn't end up uh, working out the best way that I wanted them to because I wasn't there. Uh, I felt like I could just set it up and it was just, you know, I could trust people and all, you have to be there when it comes down mm. to business. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the last part was just like, you know, when it came down to money, like where do I invest? You know, how do I invest? Mm-hmm. And then there's so many different things that I messed up along the way where I wish I had somebody that, that would have told me or, I, you know, or I might have just been on that young, dumb stuff where it's like, you know, my dad's giving me some game and I'm thinking like, you know, you, you're a preacher, you know, you you coming from a different background and stuff like that. Maybe you don't understand the energy where I'm coming from, but he knew right. what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to bring that all together to be able to make it so that people can learn what they wouldn't learn in college. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? That makes a hell of a lot of sense. What would you say, uh, as far as your UCLA career, you had a, you know, one of the great ones, like you said, started off really good. Um, what would you say your greatest triumph was and your greatest failure was in college? Um, my biggest triumph, uh, I would probably say, for one, you know, breaking that UCLA record for most points scored mm-hmm. by a freshman in the first mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And then going to the Sweet 16 twice. Those were great experiences, just being in that whole March Madness energy. Um, but there was other things that I didn't manage myself correctly in, you know. Like, I'll, I'll speak out on it because I know that there's a lot of people that have been here and they can ch- make a change in their life. But, you know, you might see other people doing certain things and then getting away with it, and then you yep. think it's sweet. But the best thing to do is to never – give anybody an opportunity to, you know, say that there's a reason not to use you or anything. You don't you don't want to give anybody a reason to misuse you. And mm-hmm. when it came down to that, I made some mistakes, you know, through college, you know, because I would be over there in Hollywood and all these different places. And I was, like, I was around everything. I mean, after I did that music video, it was like everybody knew who I was. And, you know, I started getting a, a lot of attention from different people in the media and stuff like that, actresses and stuff like that. I was doing all kinds of stuff. So, you know, my focus wasn't where it was supposed to be. So the biggest thing that I would say if I if I could go back was first, I would be networking with the alums as soon as I got there. <laughs> Agreed. You know what I'm saying? Trying to figure out life after basketball before it even started. And then just, you know, just knowing that those four years go fast, you want to try to make as much connections as you could. So that was one thing that I, I wish I could have done better. No, definitely. Is that, would you say that's the biggest lesson you learn in, in college? Yeah, pretty much, you know, like what the biggest lesson I learned was you can make a decision right now. You might be going this direction. You make a decision, you go this way, you got to go all the way over here just to try to get back on that train that you, that you just fell off of. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I turn. I talk about that in my class, you know, networking is a big part, you know, where I talk about, you know, different uh, personalities, how to how to network and, and uh, still be potent. Um, how to, the first class is uh, managing your social life, which uh, right now I'm, I'm offering it up for free on my splash site. My guys can go over and check it out. Rise to succeed dot com. Um, and then my my online class is uh it's on rise to succeed dot bromley dot com. Mm, okay, and, um, okay. So that's that's where I, I have my online class. Um, but it's it's I just want people to have the opportunity to be able to take this class and be able to see, 
you know, all the different things, because we talk about different things from creating a brand of your own, whatever you would do for free, and then finding mm-hmm. out how to monetize that, then how to be able to create your own brand, how to market that brand, how to network with others, how to, you know, be a good leader, understanding credit and corporations, taxes, a lot of different things that we just don't really get taught. So then when we get out there, we have to learn it as we go. And then we really might be piss poor at that. So my yeah. biggest thing is I want to educate um, as many people as possible so that they don't have to go through what I went through and a plethora of other guys have. No, I agree with you 100% on that one, man. Um, so you graduate, you go to UCLA, you graduate, right? We're going to just go back a little bit. Um, to your journey to your professional career, right? Did you always did you think that you was gonna play in the NBA or did you know that you was gonna go overseas right after or whatever after college? There, there would have been nobody that could have told me that I would have been playing ball overseas or anything, you know. And so when that hit me, I, I remember when it happened. They had somebody that came in from uh, Fox Sports West, mm-hmm. and um, she came in and. and you know, like the, you know, when the when the draft is going on, they'll have set up, you know, where people were sitting there and they're watching the draft. They had old, you know, it was when we were living over in Westwood, over in Ashton. Ashton. That's yeah. when I was dating my wife, and uh, she came over, and we were just literally sitting there watching the draft with a with a camera in our face, and then I don't get picked, and I'm just like, I'm looking at the person over there, I'm just like, no. And I'm like, okay, let me be optimistic. You know, we got camps coming up, all this stuff, the different things that I got coming up. But then there was a lot of things that I had done uh, as, as in my college my college career that made it so that they, you know, I had a certain kind of light on me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I came out. I ended up only going to to the the Lakers and the Clippers workout. Nobody else invited me because I got so much salt from you know the college staff and you know all this type of stuff. You know, I mean, I can't, they got to vouch as well. You know, if they come out and they say it's all good and then you out there acting fool, it's one of them like, man, you could have told me about that. So it makes, it messes up their credibility too. So right, I can't, right. I, I, don't, I don't, at this point, I like, you know, it's, it's, it stood on me for a long time, but as I got older, I realized like I created that. You know, right. I'm, I'm the one that got in my own way. Right, you know? right, 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 right. No, that makes sense, man. And like I said, I think that, uh, you know, we all make mistakes, obviously, when we're young. You know what I'm saying? So we just have to learn from the situation that we you know that we that's given to us. Um, and that's a I didn't like I said I didn't know that story. You know, like when you and your girl said I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a crazy thing, bro. You you my guy no matter what. You know what I'm saying? I already know you great. You know? Yeah. No, that's that's after that. I got married. So that was right after school, right after the draft. And I ended up getting married in August. Oh, August. okay. Okay. So I went, we, we drove out to Vegas. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we did it, man. You know, we didn't tell anybody. We didn't tell our parents or anything. We I met them, you know, but I just went out there and got it in. And, uh, you know, we've been married for 18 years. So she's always been there in my corner. So, you know, I knew it right there that she was, she was my lady, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a hell of a thing, man. That's a hell of a thing. Love that. Love this. Love the story, man. Like I said, love the story. So uh you, you don't get drafted. You work out with the Lakers and Clippers, right? What happens next after that? Oh, the Lakers one. 
Uh, that one, it, it was, didn't go as good as I wanted it to. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It. You know what I'm saying? To the point where, like, the guys on the team was like, hey, man, you coming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it was more then the politics kicked in and it was certain guys that they wanted no matter what. You know, it didn't matter. I just had to deal with that. So then I, I was like, you know, right at that point, I just realized something. It just kicked in because, like, I was like, all right. In my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm about to be a rookie. All right, what what are my goals? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get to here and there. And there. So then every year that was going past, as soon as I signed in China, and as soon as I went over there to the D-League, you know what I'm saying? Well, I won a championship. Right when I came back from China, I went to Albuquerque and playing under Michael Cooper, I won a championship there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about I'm doing numbers. I'm having games where it's like 20 and 20, all this type of stuff. And I, I see guys getting called up around me, but I wasn't getting called. I'm like, what's going on? Right. Later on, I found out there was a little salt in the end, you know, like as far as like just trying to make it so we made it to the championship and they needed key, key pieces on the team. So they go, they go hold you down so they can win a championship. Yeah, what? So that's, you know, that, you know, I don't want to speak too heavy on it, but at the end of the day, like there was some things that were going on in the office that, um, that held me back. So after I had that experience, you know, I ended up going back to D League again and, um, it just, I, it just, I kept on going from team to team. I was trying, like it was, I was trying to, you know, get, get, a, get a call up and all this type of stuff, but I wasn't getting it. So I got to the point. I remember it was a B. I was at, at a workout at St. Monica's. You remember that gym over there in high, that high school? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to a workout and um, there was these two big great uh, Greek guys that were playing. They were coming to work out with us. And I remember B.J. Armstrong was there. I went out there, I did my thing, you know what I'm saying? I looked just like everybody else, you know, I shined my own way, everybody shined their own way. And I remember at the end, I was just, you know, B.J. Armstrong came over to me. He's like, man, dude, you belong in the Like, But um, for some reason, you're not getting any opportunities. You know, they're, they're looking over you. Right, like, right. And I'm telling you, you have NBA game. Every, everything about you is that. He's like, but what I'm going to tell you is you're married. You got kids out here. Like, you're passing out at least $100,000 every year. He's like, man, I, if I was you, go get that money, man. And so that's after, after that point, you know, you know, the ego of me was kind of like, all right, yeah. <laughs> God, I'm like, man, I'm, supposed, I, I'm about to make it anyway, man. You know, yeah. you don't eat those words. But he was speaking some real talk to me, and it it really started to equate in my mind that I was like, man, I got to go get it. So then that's when I ended up going to Korea, you know, getting paid 25000 a month plus bonuses and stuff like that. And so it was like, you know, I started to see this this type of money and then I was able to play and be myself as a basketball player for the first time in my whole career. Because if you remember, like when I was in college, like I played a face-up big man and they wanted yeah. me to be up back to the back, uh, back to the basket uh, big man. They called me a tweener and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Then five years later, everybody's playing. <laughs> I was playing. No, hey, bro, like I said, I was, I don't know who I was talking to. Maybe it was Chris. I was like, dude, everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, because back then it was like, we'll use a tweener, you know, like whatever. But that's what everybody is now. It's just yeah. non-position. So I'm like, we both would have been in the league, bro. Played 10 years each, bro. <laughs> 10 15 years early. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was you like, know? dang. It was, it was it was really refreshing when I um, – so I had um, 
I had ran into Le- LeBron because we were doing commercial together. And because I was like doing a Nike commercial with him. And it was like when we were doing the LeBrons. I don't know if you remember the LeBrons. We had like the old LeBron jumping off the off the diving board. Yeah, 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 yeah. Working out in the pool. The dude was in the pool with the resistance bands and all that stuff. Okay, so, okay. I mean, it was like a, it was a quick like fifteen bands. You know what I'm saying? Just to go up there for like three days. It was it was a cool experience experience. But then I met LeBron for the first time. So I go up to him. I'm like, hey, what's up? TJ Cummins. He's like, I know who you are, man. Like, man, we used to stay up all night trying to watch them West Coast games when y'all was playing over at UCLA. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I know I had that influence on him. But uh, Carmelo Anthony gave me that same energy as well. He's like, man, I used to watch you play back in the day. So it's like, you know, you know you put – you leave some kind of energy on these guys as it comes up because the game keeps on changing and keeps on forming. I just would have loved to be a part of it. But, you of know, course, of course. The biggest course. thing is, is like you just have to make, no matter what your your position is. I mean, my dad played in the NBA for 18 years. What what reason wouldn't I be uh, in the NBA? You know, like other than some things that I could have done to make that not happen. So right, right. You know, that's right, one right. of the things that I'm out here teaching the, the, all these kids. You know, one big thing is like don't let your ego lead the way. And the other thing is, you got to earn your stripes. You know, there's guys on your team that have been there. Mm-hmm, you have to mm-hmm. keep on proving the fact that you're going to be able to be that guy. And then you might not be that guy on that team, but you have mm-hmm. to always be ready. You know, mm-hmm. stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. You know? Agree. Agree. Now, I would say this, you know, um, based off your experience of, like, how you went through, what would be, like, the best advice for the next generation of TJ Covers. You know, like, obviously, you've had tremendous successes and everything like that. What would be your best advice if there was a kid in college right now who's, you know, going out, trying to possibly make the league or possibly go overseas? What would be your advice for Um, Stay focused at all times. Mm-hmm. These girls mm-hmm. are going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get better. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get better the higher up you go. Um, um, and um, work hard as you possibly can on your craft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. biggest thing that I want to tell them simultaneously with all of this is to get your your end game together before it even starts. Mm-hmm. You know, start mm-hmm. understanding things that you can create, that you have expertise in, that you can make money off of, that you can create your own brands. And, and create your own businesses so you can be able to be successful no matter what happens. If your leg goes out or you don't make that team, you're going to be rich no matter what. And that's, you know, the wealth and the health, all that stuff is important. Mm-hmm. No, I got you. So let me ask you another one. Um, how did you know or what? when did you know it was time to hang it up? Um, For me, I had more years left. Okay. I didn't have any real, you know, I had I had different uh, little pains, aches and pains, but it was like at that point, you don't feel that stuff until it's over, until it's over with. And you really start feeling all that stuff kicking in. <laughs> but my biggest thing was I was playing overseas, you know, and at first, you know, my whole family's coming with, you know. Hey, every contract is coming with, you know, return flights for my whole family and then I have extra tickets and all that stuff. And then it got mm-hmm. to the point where my kids started getting older. My oldest girl, she started getting to the point where she she's in school now, you know. 
And it's like, man, she can't keep on getting uprooted from this situation. And then when I go overseas, it was like, man, we can get them in the school, you know, this English speaking school, but it's going to cost you like 20000 a year. I'm like, yo, yeah, so you're going to go stay back at home. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need all of this money. You know right, I mean? right, right, right. And on top of that, you know, it's just like, uh, we just didn't want to uproot them up with our family like that so it got mm-hmm. to the point where i'm spending like 60 months away from my family and the biggest thing that happened was one of my youngest kids at the time it was my youngest daughter i remember when i left she because i saw all my kids being born but when i came back i remember getting in the car and then she's looking at me like who is this you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> i was like man that blew me away i'm like going over here trying to grab her like i did when i left and she over here pushing me away like i'm a stranger I'm like, oh yeah 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 i can't be away from my kids like this man i feel like and at that point i felt like i was getting paid to stay away from my family mm. you know? so i was like man you know what i have to be there for my family i know that my dad was always busy you know he played all those years and I knew the effect that that had on me because I didn't have a much, you know, emotional support from him because he was always busy as well. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, mm-hmm. I knew how that felt and I wanted to make that change in my family. So, you know, as, as a, pre, a brief understanding of mine, I have five kids. Um, my, my oldest daughter is 17, my mm-hmm. middle is uh, 13, and my uh, youngest girl is 10. And then my oldest boy is six and my youngest boy is four. This all started off, as you can see, I had all girls, man. <laughs> so I was like, yo, I can't stop. I like it. You know, I just talk about him. I couldn't retire, man. And then uh, Mars, I, I might as well call him Houdini because he, he slipped through the cracks slipped through the cracks and came here too. So Okay, I was wondering, I was like, once you got your boy, I'm surprised you didn't stop then, you know? Yeah, you know, I could have took heed right there, but you know, Amari is a young, a wonderful young man, and uh, you know, I'm proud of both all of my kids. You know, I wouldn't take anything back, even things that I've done in the past. You know, uh, things in my life, I don't have any regrets. I have things I could pass down as far as wisdom, and I really, in my in my, in my truest of hearts, I think that I'm gonna be more successful post basketball than I ever was as a basketball player. That makes a lot of sense, man. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Now, um, you know, you you said like you know you was you know you was tired. You kind of left a little bit early where you could have still played. Uh, how did everything you know like the trans like when you finally said okay, uh, f it, I, I did ten plus years overseas and you know D and G League and all that. Like, how was that first time when you was like okay, now I'm retired. Now what? So the first thing I did was I was like, man, I'm going to chill for the first time in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going crazy. Hey, look, I mean, high school basketball, AAU, all these different camps, you know, then it's college, all these different things, all these different camps, then it's pros, then it's all these different things. And it was like, I ne- like I pretty much, you know, through all these different times, I'll probably have one, two year, two months to myself, you know, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. season, every year. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, I want to relax for the first time. I you know. I still had money. I uh, still was trying to figure out different things. So I had like a clothing line that I was I was starting up. I didn't really follow through with it. I still have it, you know, ra- hanging up in the rafters or something that I might do. But at that time, you know, I was working on my artwork and stuff like that. 
and and just doing coaching and training and stuff like that to you know to be able to supplement things. Mm-hmm. And then it just there, it got to a point where it was like I started to miss basketball because I couldn't even watch it for a while. I had a like even to this to this day it's like you know I don't really have that much interest in it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But now, mm-hmm. like as far as like me getting involved with rice and seed and all this type of stuff, like now it's like it's making me draw closer to see, you know, what what's the climate? You know, when I saw the situation with John Morant, you know, a lot of people was like, you know, saying all these different things. And he did do some silly things. I did some silly things. Of course. But he had the opportunity, but he has the opportunity to come back from it and to learn from it. And, you know, I think the culture that we have in America in the black community is, is uh, a lot, a lot to be, uh, you know, a lot to blame for a lot of the ways that a lot of people are you know, carrying themselves mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it's really, you just want to be cool. That's really what I think about it overall, you know? And then I think that he had a, a upgrade, a upbringing of, you know, having money in his background. Right. Well, yeah, his parents, they were successful. It's not like he was from the hood. He was from like a good wholesome family, you know? Yeah. See, I can understand that because, you know, my dad played in the NBA. I was raised in mansions and stuff like that. But then it's like, you know, I still, still knew them guys, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, being in high school in, in Chicago, those people were like, we'd go out to certain places and those certain guys that was around. that would be like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to. And they, I used to have some real guys around me. They'd be like, yo, I don't want to. Hey, get up out of here, man. Hey, man, <laughs> hey, it's about to go down. Hey, go, hey, go take him back. It's about to be a shootout or something going on or something like that. You don't need to be out here, man. You know what I'm saying? And I realized that at an early age. I was like, I I wasn't, I think some people are enamored by the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that street energy. But like the people that I know, they hated that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, they would they mm-hmm. would switch lives with Ja and they would, you know what I'm saying? They would, if, if Ja was the guy on the block and then he was the, and they were the other guy, they'd be like, all right, man, I'll see you later, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Please. Talk to you. you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. it's it's like a happy medium. It doesn't mean you have to cash your guys out, but you have to know time and place when it comes to it. it makes sense. Like I said, I think that um, you know, there's a there's certain things that if you really if you really know, you know, kind of thing. And most people who are like real gangsters, you know, like the real dudes who've been through it, who've been to prison and all that, they will tell you a dude trying to front in a minute, like, bro, you don't want that life, you know. The life, I, he's like, I might have chose it, but you don't have to choose it. You have something else, you know? And I always say for me, like, I, um, you know, like I, I was blessed to have a father to get me out, you know, when my, I lived in, you know, South Central. I grew up in South Central LA where a lot of, you know, things happened. My best friend at that time got murdered. He was 12. And then my pops was like, nigga, I got to get you out. And so, you know, him and my mom divorced, you know, but like he moved me way out to Fontana. Now, I might have hated it at the time, but it saved my life, you know, in the long run, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I think that like with your story and what you're talking about is something that a lot of people need to hear about how, you know, not only to know what you're doing and know what not to do, you know? Oh, um, dude, I did I did some wild, wild <laughs> stuff, man. Well, no, stuff I'm, was, I'm, yeah, not we, even, I'm not even I'm gonna say most of it for my class, especially. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not no. even gonna just throw myself out there for free, but you know, I did some silly stuff, bro. Like 
because I was living that type of lifestyle. I did dang near everything but wave a gun up in the air. You know no, I, I get it. I get it. And like so I said, I, I get like, it. I can relate. I can relate to it. I mean, it's like the scene is theirs. And then when you're like, when you when you step out, everybody's like, oh, there goes Travis. Oh, there goes TJ. Like, you feel that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like yeah, some yeah. points you don't even know it, but you're performing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you're, you're falling into the slot of these characters that you don't need to be playing. Agreed. You know? And I 100% I, I agree with you, man. And like, man, it's like, I love your story, TJ, man, for real, because like I said, it's something that a lot of people need to hear, you know? Like, it's okay to like do, do certain things and then learn from it and be better. It's okay to be better, you know? And, um, you know what I'm saying? So like I always say that. But I want to say thank you, bro. You know, I you know, for coming on the show. Uh I have one more question for you. And then, you know, what I always ask, and then uh and then we'll, you know what I'm saying, we'll let you promote, you know, your stuff, man. Um pretty much at the end of our careers or in the middle of it or in the beginning, we all go through something, you know, certain, you know, things, uh low points in your career or life. So my question for you is when you was at those low points in your career or life, how did you get out of it? Was it God? Was it family? Was it your girl? Was it all the above? How did you get out of it? It was my family. They have, they're dependent on me. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. as a man, if you can't do what you got to do for your family, you're not a man. So right off jump, I'm going to be a man, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just all about being resilient. Sometimes you got to reinvent yourself, you know, finding out what you would do for free and, you know, be able to, because that's whenever you find out something that you do for free, something that you would just do anyways, it's like a, it's a, it's a passion. It's a mm -hmm. labor of love. You know what I'm saying? So it's like mm -hmm. you, you'll spend countless hours, you know, you'll spend the whole day, stay up all night getting it done. So, you know, I think that that's one of the biggest things. It's just, you know, I knew I had to be there for my family. I feel and myself. I feel I feel All right. Well, like I said, I, you know, just once again, wanted to say thank you again, my bro. Please tell the people where they can find you, get your classes, um, you know, where they can find your social media if you want to put that out. If not, just let them know where you can find what you're doing and let people know what you're doing. You can reach me uh, you, on Instagram. You can check me out on uh, TJ, T period J period underscore Cummings on IG. And then for rise to succeed.com, you can go and check us out there on our splash page. If you want to go and check our online class out, it's on rise to succeed.bromley.com. All right. All right. Like I said, Come check me out, man. I got it on the. On the biggest thing is this is an investment on people's lives. You can learn it as you go, or you can get this game right now. And it's it's very important. And uh, one of my last calls to action that I have, um, you know, other than, you know, going and checking out my website, I want I'm, – I'm calling all ex-NBA players, ex-pros. I want y'all to call – you know, get on my, my DM on my, uh, my IG and, you know, share like a one- to three-minute story about your life and the things that you feel like you could do better. Because, you know, we need to share this stuff and get it out to the kids. That actually is a hell of a thing. That's a hell of a thing. I like that very much. I might do that on my IG. 
Just because you said it. Send me one too, Trav. Man, I need that, man. You know what I'm saying? I need all of that. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. You already know where I'm at, man. I pop up just like this. No, I got you. I got you. I got you, team, man. Like I said. Well, once again, like I said, I appreciate you for coming on uh, the show. Like I said, you can follow me at Travis W. Reed on Instagram. That's R-E-E-D, Travis W. uh, And Travis W. Reed on Facebook. You know, I, I post all my social media stuff on both those sites um i do have a twitter account starting to use it a little bit more but i haven't you know like i'm you know like i i haven't really got into it the way i should travis reed um uh, ucla on twitter and uh youtube channel uh i post i post about that too as well you know athletes journey youtube channel and on that on my thumbprint i have all the information you know email all that stuff uh, on that thumbprint, you know, this show will be up on YouTube as well as Spotify, iHeartRadio, all that stuff, Believe Network. Um, and like I said, just feel free to hit me up. Also, if you're looking for that Athlete's Journey merch, I actually have to re-up on it, um, you know, get the get bigger sizes, you know what I'm saying? Because like I all everybody wanted the double X. And so like now I'm I'm down to like super small shirts. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, have that XLT vibe too, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying, man, like you know, like I got, I got the XLT, you know, double X, you know, large, medium, whatever it is. Um, you know, so feel free to DM me uh, on Instagram or message me on Facebook. I'll send it out to you, uh, you know, and all that. You know, what I'm saying, so uh, feel free to do that as well. And like I said, we will talk to y'all later. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.